0: Good morning. Good to see you all.' I've been gone for a couple weeks, uh, but thanks for your prayers, we installed two elders in churches uh, in the CPC, one in uh, Red Oak, Iowa, and one in uh, Centerville, Tennessee. And so thank you for that, and we will continue to see the Lord's work in that. Let's turn to Luke 5, a familiar event in the humiliation of Christ. Luke five seventeen through 26. Now, it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought a bed with a man who was paralyzed on it, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. When they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed, through the tiling, into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. Beloved of God, and I, I hope you like to be called the beloved of God, Because that's what you are, and I hope it gives you delight to be named and called and marked as the beloved of God. He has given you faith. He has redeemed you with new life. And because of that, because of that new life, we can see, we can perceive things rightly as God would have us to. And in our text today, we're going to see how that unfolds for us. In this event, of course, we're probably familiar with it, Jesus forgives and heals a paralytic. It happens at Capernaum. And we see a couple things. We see, first of all, the boldness of the friends, of the paralytic, don't we? We see their covenantal faith working together. But what I want to urge us all together in this morning is that we have to, we must, by our faith, prioritize things in life rightly. And it takes seeing rightly. Let's, let's look at verse 20. It's really our main verse today. Verse 20. When he, Jesus, when he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. Forgiveness, amen. Right? We love forgiveness. <laughs> And that's great, but that's not actually why they brought the guy into the house, is it? <laughs> uh, I mean, they went through all that trouble. They, I mean, they got to repair this roof now. They brought this guy in. I can't even imagine what that involves. But they brought him so that Jesus would heal him. And Jesus says, man, your sins are forgiven you. And think for a moment, it was probably a little awkward. I mean, the man is still paralyzed. Probably a little bit of murmur in the crowd like, Jesus, what about the paralysis thing? Right? A little bit of an awkward silence. But what is Jesus teaching us here? (laughs) He's showing us that the forgiveness of God is way more important than paralysis. Which, which is almost hard for us to comprehend. I mean, being paralyzed is a pretty significant thing in our life. But we must have the right outlook on life. We must prioritize life rightly. Upon this man that sort of was dropped in front of Jesus, what was Christ's priority? Jesus saw this man brought in by his friends, and Jesus deals with the true life-threatening, life-destroying problem in this man's heart, which was sin. To Jesus, the paralysis was really not that big of a deal. Now, it's not that Jesus lacked compassion, because can you go to heaven paralyzed? Absolutely. But you can't go to heaven With a heart in rebellion, covered in sin, serving sin against God. Paralysis is an awful condition I can't imagine. Perhaps some of you are or know people in that position. But sin is worse. Sin cuts us off from God and from him eternally. So so we need to engage our eyes of faith to see life Rightly, if, if we were there that day, maybe in that crowd, and we saw this guy lowered through the roof, we probably would have seen, well, that's a paralyzed guy. That's a sick man. But Jesus saw a sinful man. Jesus knew this man's greatest need, as it is mine, as it is yours, and that's forgiveness. It's salvation. So when we interact with people, what are we seeing? Do we see the color of the skin? Do we see the type of clothes? Do we listen to the manner of speech? Or are we thinking there's a soul in there that will last forever? Either in heaven or hell. We remember, we've taught on it a lot, Second Corinthians 5, 16. In Christ, therefore, we no longer regard one another according to the flesh. We don't don't spiritually view people based on what's on the outside, but what's on the inside. Is this a redeemed, regenerate, saved soul? That's what matters to us. That's what we should see. That's what we should think about. It's what we should ask them about. It's what we should talk about. It's what should burden us foremost. What's the state of this other person's soul? That's right thinking. We must view this, these situations as Jesus did. What is the, this man's foremost need? It's not to get up and walk, although that would be great. It's salvation. It's forgiveness. And so we have to prioritize life in this way. And I want to take a little turn on this, just to really practically bring this home to, to us right here in our particular crowd. Let me speak to the fathers for a minute and I'm speaking to myself too okay you know brothers what I think Jesus is telling us here just an application that I draw he's saying oh brothers I know there are lawns to mow and bills to pay, and cars to fix, and even rest to get, and even in-laws to visit, and all kinds of good things that must be done to the glory of God. But those little souls that are running around in your house, you must prioritize these first. You must prioritize these relationships. You must lead in that way. We must, fathers, with faith, rightly see and prioritize our households. We must love and nurture. We must husband our households well. We must cultivate these gardens God has given us. We must actively pull the weeds and plant good seed. We must prioritize our marriage. We must invest rightly. And you know what it'll take? I'm sorry, I'm just sharing my heart and the convictions of God upon me I've got to say no to something to say yes to something else. Isn't it a zero-sum game for so many of us? You can't say yes a hundred times to everything. What will you say no to so you can say yes to what's more important in life? That is really what Jesus is saying as I read this text. But apply this however you want, maybe to your neighbor, right? Let's say your neighbor, his dog barks all night long. I've been there. And maybe you should confront him to deal with that. Eh, that could be a righteous thing to do. But above all, above all else, foremost, what are you concerned about? Your neighbor's soul. So let the dog bark. It'll keep you up at night while you're praying for your neighbor's soul. Amen? See, see that's, that's right thinking. That's how, we, that's how we think in faith. Remember Jesus' priorities. Man, your sins are forgiven you. Jesus was saying, yes, we'll get to the paralysis, but we have to have first things first. And I in, in urge all of us to invest there, brothers and sisters. We work hard to feed our families physical food, but what they need most is spiritual food. Our families need their father, their mother. They need love lived out in faith. They need relationship. They need humble, mature faith in a world where Christians are feeble and proud. May we be on the solid rock of Christ. We all here need encouragement. We need a love for God. We need a joy in the Lord. So what can we set down or put aside for a moment to pick up the mantle? Of faith and right priority that God's given us so that we can perceive, we can judge, we can order things in this life rightly. May we keep first things first, brothers and sisters, and look at the soul of one another first. So I charge us all today and for the rest of our lives, oh, may we together, may we prioritize God. May we prioritize eternity. May we prioritize the souls around us as first and the gospel. Look for it to take effect and be at work in our lives. For it and only it is the power of God unto salvation. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we come before you, we recognize our weakness in being attracted to perhaps the urgent or that's what, that's what satisfies the flesh. Or that what gives us rest. But God, you've called us to something so much greater. So much higher as Jesus taught us here. Oh, it is the soul. It is the heart. that will last forever. Father, fix our eyes upon that. And may we, may we put this first. May we prioritize our hearts and relationships. Oh, God... This is what you've given us. This is what you've given us in particular in very specific ways. The people we know, the people we run into, the people we get to love and serve and give up for. God, we thank you. We thank you that you've given us life that we can see rightly. Oh God, help us. Help us have more and more eyes to faith, to walk in the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit, and to glorify you in all of it. Amen. Now, if you're uh, willing and able, let us kneel for our corporate prayer of confession. Let's confess our sins to our God together. Be merciful to us, O Lord. Remember not the offenses of your people. Do not deal with us as our sins deserve, nor reward us according to our wickedness. We confess to you our blindness of heart, our love of ease, our failure to do what is good, our worldly pride, and our boasting. We confess to you our covetousness, which is idolatry, our love of money, our hatred and purity, and selfishness, our failure to take account of the needs of others, our living to ourselves alone, and our putting of our trust in our own strength when our trust should be in you. Forgive us, O merciful Father, for Jesus' sake. Grant us repentance from sins and a true and living faith in Jesus Christ that we may hallow your name, that we may seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, that we may love you and our neighbor with all our hearts through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now we take a moment to individually confess our sins to God.